Hello and welcome to Muppetational, the Muppet Show podcast, hosted by three huge Muppet fans. Join us each week as we dive into an episode of Jim Henson's classic variety show, now finally available on Disney+. This week, it's season one, episode 23, starring the smiley Kay Ballard. It's time to get things started on the chronological, explorational, conversational... Muppetsational! Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Muppetsational. I'm Lewis Chandler. I'm Jay Turner. And I'm Emma Chandler. And we are here this week, as we are every week, to discuss another episode of The Muppet Show. How are we all doing, everyone? Yeah, I'm good. You all right? Yeah, all right. With your snazzy new glasses? Yes, I have. (laughs) My body is decaying. (laughs) I took a... (laughs) <laughs> ill thought out trip to that beach that makes you old <laughs> and it only aged my eyes so i am now joining my other two bespectacled co-hosts we <laughs> we're gonna have to change the cartoon oh, on the front of our podcast <laughs> we have to get in touch with charlotte and get her to add some uh, little glasses to our figures <laughs> teeny tiny glasses teeny, tiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've gone for a kind of Background extra in Mad Men <laughs> is what I'm kind of going for with it's, these. It's working. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Uh, anyway, Jade, why don't you kick us off with a little production information? I will. So this episode was originally broadcast on the 23rd of January, 1977. The production code lists it as the 23rd episode made and therefore Disney Plus have included it as episode 23. And it was written, as many of the episodes have been, by Jack Burns, Mark London, Jim Henson and Jerry Jewell, and directed by Peter Harris. And Emma, what gems have you discovered about our guest this week, Kay Ballard? Yes, well, Kay Ballard, I mean, I didn't really recognise her name. Um, I don't know if you guys did at all. Not a clue. So I had to do a bit of a Google. Um <laughs> Sorry, Kay Ballard. Yeah, sorry, Kay Ballard. Um, Yeah, so she's an actress, comedian and singer. She was on Broadway, on a lot of American TV um, shows, most notably on the NBC sitcom called The Mothers-in-Law. Never heard of it. And she was on sort of The Love Boat, The Doris Day Show. The Love Boat? The Love Boat. Toot toot. (laughs) Um, yeah, so she's That's kind of train, just one, again it? one of those. <laughs> yeah, but that was absolutely a train and not a. <laughs> oh yeah, you, I mean, I honk, think you mean. <laughs> oh, that was good, Lewis. <laughs> I am trained. That was yes. very good. So yeah, Kay was kind of a staple of those shows at that era, and she was in a lot. But also, what was quite interesting was she was in Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella in 1957, and she played one of the stepsisters, which was the one that had Julie Andrews in it when she played Cinderella. And they said at the time that reached a peak audience of 107 million people. Whoa! Yeah, it was the like the most viewed television. Mm thing for decades it was insane it that's like so many people that is absolutely insane when you think about it yeah 117 is... million people oh, God. i think i feel like now i may just be pulling this entirely out of my whatever but maybe because now i have glasses people will trust my <laughs> random facts more but i think somebody said that was over half the population of america at the time yeah it would have been it absolutely yeah. would no, have I, been like, yeah. but that's crazy when you think about really? anything now where you said 
half of the UK watched this last night. Yeah. yeah. Like even the football doesn't even get to 20 million. Do you know what I mean? I think the, fu- not to, t- I, do, I don't want to talk about football, but I think the final did and Rich and I were talking about it and we were saying like nothing that's not some sort of sporting event would get there now because obviously people's tastes are so divergent. No one, yeah. as you said, not even half the country would agree on this is something I have to watch. Basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, even Peter didn't. I was watching it for some unknown reason, just because <laughs> I liked it. Well, because everybody on Twitter had just shut the hell up. So I was like, oh, well, I might as well watch it to then know the small amount of discourse that is happening. <laughs> yeah. I mean? Although I feel like I might have slightly mispronounced it because it is 107 million, not 117. <laughs> that's still a lot of people. Yeah, that's only 10 million less. I mean. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's pretty impressive. It's incredibly impressive. Did anybody else think that Kay Ballard, rem- uh, she reminds Reminded me of Caroline Quentin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. But less annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I I looked her up too, Emma, because I didn't really know a lot about her. And she actually recorded the first version of Fly Me to the Moon. Which... Wait, what? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Crazy. What? And (laughs) when she recorded it, it was still called In Other Words. And then they changed it later. And the other thing I found out about her, which made me like her slightly more than I did uh, before that point. Before you watched uh, the episode. <laughs> yeah, was that she uh, She played Lucy in a radio recording of uh, Peanuts. Like, they did Peanuts music and songs and did little skits and she played Lucy and I thought that Aww. was pretty cool. That's right. Which one's Lucy again? The little black hair, blue dress. The one that holds the football. Yes, takes the football okay. away. Yeah. That's fun. As yeah. in, like the... Was it the musical, like, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown? No, no. It's, it wasn't that. It, I think it was, like, maybe one of the first things that they did. It sounded like they just recorded some songs and then sort of brought to life some of the um, cartoon strips. Uh, yeah. That's quite cool. Mm. Yeah. Is she still alive? No, she died She died in 2019, unfortunately. Oh, that's Yeah. Shame. She seemed fun. Yeah, she definitely had a very long and illustrious career, which yeah. is, you know, very impressive. It is. Well, I think we should kick off and jump into this episode. So after the uh, title sequence, I mean, a lovely title sequence, although it's going to be very, uh, I was going to say tempestuous throughout the episode. Yes. (laughs) Going to cause a lot of arguments during the episode. I wish that they'd done something to the start as well as to the end. It would have been quite funny to see... Like Floyd and Dr. Teeth and people huffing their way through playing the theme music at the start. Mm, that would have been really cool, actually. Just to, because actually it's when I sort of realised that this was what the entire runner was going to be about. It was quite cool to see them again playing with those familiar elements mm. again, as they've been doing, it feels like, in the latter half of this season, because they feel like they know the structure now. Now they're kind of mucking about with it a bit yeah and also i think like the fact that a few times you had people humming it or singing it it's that sense of like this is becoming part of pop culture this is becoming this is becoming something that's so established that you can just sing the opening bars of it and it's sort of shorthand for here's the muppet show like that's yeah that's amazing. It's like when they start uh, in The Simpsons, they start like having characters hum or whistle the theme tune and Marge is like, Bart, stop whistling that annoying tune. <laughs> it's just aware of their own wider cultural significance and yeah, relevance, I guess. exactly, exactly. I just want to give a quick shout out to the Fozzy Bear joke at the start of the episode this week as well. We started talking about a fat pig and Miss Piggy comes on 
and uh, says, I think you mean flat bear, and gives him a hiya. <laughs> Very violent piggy this week. Oh, she, she was is, on one. She's on fire. <laughs> she All guns blazing. We're really getting pure distilled piggy you know by the end of this season she's feeling very very familiar to the pig we know i feel like maybe she had a lot of pent-up anger because she hasn't had that much to do recently so she was just like i'm gonna let it fly yeah i don't blame her <laughs> and after the titles i did love kermit's little oh, fall I know. that they just did what? i, I <laughs> did not understand the place <laughs> yeah she's flipping it off flopping i didn't get it though because at no point did we learn that the floor was wet or there was a banana skin down there or anything i didn't mind just a little bit of business <laughs> just a little bit of whoop, whoop. it's like i like to do that sometimes when peter is like oh careful this is like wet and i'll just pretend whoop. he doesn't enjoy it but i do so that's all that matters <laughs> one time it'll go wrong and i'll just <laughs> fall and like crack my head also, over and he will just walk as away as a new glasses wearer Lewis you need to be careful you don't want to be smashing them I'm not meant to walk around okay. in these if anything they told me not to <laughs> well there's a reason for that <laughs> it'd be like me walking on like a helter skelter or a, I don't know what they call it you know like that weird fun house they go into at the end of Greece yes what is that Wurlitzer no that's not right what do they call I it I don't know you know you've all seen Greece you know <laughs> that weird thing where they're just like whoa and they're singing you're the one that I want I know what you mean I don't know it always looked fun you wouldn't be able to have that now <laughs> Emma's gone really quiet. No, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's always so, uh, listeners at home. I don't know if you quite know. We record this on a, a Zoom, but Emma's camera, for some inexplicable reason, does not work. So we just talk to this mysterious black cube. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little orange dot that like makes circly shapes when I'm talking. <laughs> I'm not actually it's a real like something from. I was going to say, it's like the twist will be in the last episode of the season. Emma will just slowly <laughs> infiltrate the podcast and be revealed to be some sort of, uh, you know, Cyberdyne style taking over yeah. the, <laughs> the podcast sphere. Um, sorry, I've had like two, like half a glass of wine and no dinner. And I'm suddenly like, woo! So yeah, we go from... Kermit slipping around on stage into our first song with the return of the country trio with In the Summertime. How did you guys feel about that? What a throwback. The last time we saw these guys, was it March? I think it was. It was quite <laughs> it a long time ago. February. <laughs> it's it, I hope it's not February. That is ridiculous. <laughs> I think the last time we saw all three of them together was potentially February. Because I don't think they were all in the Paul Williams episode. No, they no. Ooh, no, they weren't. The ginger fella wasn't. No. Which I think is meant to be Frank. Uh-huh. And then obviously Jim is the chap on the banjo. And the other one, is that Richard Hunt? No, I think it's Jerry Nelson. Jerry Nelson. It's good that you, again, I'm going to promise <laughs> before we start season two. I will read of Muppets and Men. <laughs> We've got that recorded. Yeah, I was going to say that's now recorded. It's fine. Well, it's going to be a long summer break. <laughs> but also, now I've got my glasses, reading won't be such a chore anymore. <laughs> Not sitting there, just like taking the book further and closer away from me. Oh, wow. The, the bit I'm worried about, though, is now you've got your glasses when you're reading, I've just put that in air quote marks for everyone at home. You're, uh, no, 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 you'll understand why I put them in quote marks in a second. Mm-hmm. You'll actually just be posing and taking selfies and just being like, oh, look how great I look reading with my new glasses Just on. because I posted one picture before we came online today, Jade, on my Twitter <laughs> of my new glasses. 
It's only one. You've had them less than 24 hours from what I understand. <laughs> People want to know. Do they? <laughs> do you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to give you a running tally every so often of how many likes it's gotten on Twitter. Oh, since please do. Please do. Oh, please, I shall. Please update us. Currently on 20 and I posted it 30 minutes ago. Oh, that's so. pretty good, <clears throat> Lewis. It's pretty good. Fair. Thanks. <laughs> Haven't even posted it on Instagram yet. Maybe I should do that too. No, no. Focus on the podcast first. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. So anyway, the country trio playing in the summertime. I mean, unfortunately, the only notes I have for this is I love a banjo. So <laughs> I, I found this a strange opening. Yeah. I don't know why. I really struggled to get into this episode and I felt like the opening for obvious reasons contributed to that quite a lot. Mm. I don't know if it's having those like... The fact that the Muppets look like humans, but then it's not humans, it's Muppets. Or or whether it's just that, like, I don't know, I don't really know the song. I didn't think they were doing anything massively interesting or funny. You know, the camera work was very static and quite yeah. boring. Like, I don't know, I just didn't, I didn't love yeah, it. Yeah, I, I agree, Jade. It was really dry and it was just, mm. it was kind of disappointing. And like you said, it was weird to go back to it being like the opening for an episode. Because we, don't get me wrong, we have been on a bit of a roller coaster with openings. Yes. But they have actually been getting better. And it was just really odd to see that. I don't know. It was just the whole kind of scat country vibe. It was just, it's not my favourite thing. (laughs) Oddly, this did not bother me. And it's an interesting point you make, Jade, about the fact that these puppets are obviously on the way to being kind of human. Mm. But they are not quite, for me, at that level where they become uncomfortable or freaky. Mm. They are not a Muppet man. They are not... Yeah, no. Sorry, that was no. my wine. Like the strange, <laughs> those, uh, you know, the hick muppet with the really long legs. These I find utterly charming and I really don't mind. They sort of made me feel like something you would see. And I'm going to be referring to Disneyland a couple of times today. Kel Supreme <laughs> on this podcast. They feel like something you would see in Frontierland. Mm. Yeah. At Disneyland Paris. Or something, because they're too hippie-ish to be on Main Street. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> they, those, those ragamuffins would be quickly taken away from Main Street <laughs> for loitering. But in Frontierland, I can see them making a, uh, you know, a nice little fun. I just didn't mind them. I think it's because I, after having watched a season of this show, nearly, I take the entire first number with a complete grain of salt. Yeah. Because we've sometimes had absolute shockers and then wonderful episodes and then sometimes fabulous openings and then an absolute dirge of the rest of an episode. So I kind of let it do whatever the hell it wants. And I think maybe that means I'm a bit more fair on it because I'm not there. It's, I'm sort of putting it in its own box compared to the rest of the episode because I usually try and stay optimistic until we get about halfway through and I go, okay, well, this is what we're dealing with. I think that's a really, really smart move, especially for this first <laughs> season. And I really hope that that's not the situation we find ourselves in in a couple of episodes time when we're starting season two but I still and especially with this one I was willing for this to like lead me into the episode because I didn't know anything about Kate Ballard and yes I was sort of hoping that Mm. it was going to set a tone for me that I could get on board with and enjoy and feel my way into it but I didn't feel like it did that at all basically like you said it was its own little thing it had nothing to do with the rest of the episode and Mm. i just want to clarify i like the puppets i think the puppets are really lovely (laughs) i think there was something about just having them singing a song like emma said it was quite dry and there was nothing else going on but they had the (laughs) i can't quite remember what they did (laughs) 
<laughs> it was basically that. nondescript scatting. <laughs> Nobody likes nondescript scatting. <laughs> Bloody hell, Emma, that was <laughs> kudos on getting that I'm out. I'm amazed in one. I made that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna fall. That was like watching the Olympics, like when someone's on like, bars or something. <laughs> Uneven bars. Yeah. <laughs> and Jade and I are just Tom Daly sitting in the crowd, knitting, being knitting. like, oh, "How's this gonna go?" <laughs> Yeah, I just, I don't know, it just it just wasn't doing it for me. I got slightly more into it when they obviously got a bit more involved with the, I'm going to let Lewis make those noises again if he wants to. Um, but... There we go. <laughs> See, that's funnier than the song was. <laughs> no, you're just easily entertained. <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> you're pulling some pretty funny faces. <laughs> Thank you, it's my job. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted I just wanted a bit more from the opening. It set the tone for a very uneven episode for me. For the last episode of season one, Lewis, I will take your advice and I will compartmentalise the the opening number <laughs> and not you know, not put all of my yeah, just... eggs in that basket. <laughs> Although I've seen the name of the mm. title for the, or whoever the and I'm just like Christ, <laughs> I'm already I'm dreading. <laughs> I just, I don't know what. Anyway, but we shouldn't jump onto that. But what we should jump onto is the backstage runner for this week, which is Floyd and the band trying to leave because they no longer like the theme to the Muppet Show. How has it taken them 23 episodes to decide that it's not Hitman? Like, what? What? Why? How? To be... A long run of a show, you put up with a lot, okay? <laughs> it took me a long time to decide that I hated my pullover in the mousetrap, but then I resented it every time I had to put it on. <laughs> but I was under a very strict contract, which would not allow me to leave without getting sued. <laughs> the estate of Agatha Christie would uh, <laughs> take my kidney. I didn't mind the runner. I think... One of the reasons I quite enjoyed it was also because of the fact that it did bleed out onto some of the onstage business and also that they were very playful with it, especially, and not to jump to the end, but to, you know, to talk about the very end, that you had Rolf at the end just playing on his own. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, it was such a nice little touch. It was so lovely. But I, it was a bit one note. I don't know how you both felt about it that the actual bits that happened backstage were essentially the same kind of conversation every time other than when they mm. played their little zappa-esque <gasps> what was it fugue frog in fugue or fugue oh the froggy the- fugue for frog fugue for frog fugue for frog yeah i just i just think i agree with you jade i just think that especially some of the runners we've had previously, they've actually been really good and it's almost kind of met the standard of what has been sort of seen as the the different sketches and songs on stage. Mm. And like you say, I think this one just seemed really like one note. I don't know. I don't know if it's maybe because they're getting near to the end of the season. They just decided to sort of run with this one because it was quite an easy one to do and they could just kind of use all the Muppets that they already had but it, it definitely didn't have the same sort of zing to it as as some of the ones that we've been seeing recently. However, I did really enjoy, even though it was the same conversation a few times, actually having a proper conversation between Muppets yes. rather than just 
mm. crap puns being thrown at one another or a weird semi-sketch setup. It felt a lot more like what we're probably going to get going into season two, hopefully with a more exciting actual plot. But just watching Kermit and Floyd chat to one another, it just felt much more... It felt much more modern, to be honest. And that's only because yeah. just all that pun-heavy dialogue that they've been doing quite a lot in the runners of the past just feels so of an entirely different era. Yeah, you're right. It did feel sort of relatively fresh, even though actually it was yes. quite static and there wasn't like much mm. plot development or anything. I would much rather this, <laughs> even if it's a bit middling, than yes. bad puns. Yeah. Bad, bad puns. I also think just from the perspective of this season... There's not really been that much for the Electric Mayhem to do beyond playing their instruments or backing someone up no. or doing a little UK spot or an opening or something. So it was quite nice to actually see. I mean, I don't necessarily know if I would call it massive character development, but, you know, to just get a little bit of their characters starting to come through. I mean, we found out Floyd's last name, Floyd Pepper. <laughs> And he had a fun little walk that we'd never seen before. What was that walk? He was ankling out. Come on. (laughs) As soon as he said ankling out, I was like, oh, that's why he's dragging his ankle. See, I... I loved it. I I hadn't made that connection. (laughs) It's the glasses, Jade. Oh, my God. They could, I could see more everything. Everything. Context. (laughs) Subtext. (laughs) (laughs) Metaphors. (laughs) <laughs> metaphors <laughs> zimmelies <laughs> oh god he had some fun little i know you said it wasn't particularly zingery emma and i i know what you mean but he did also have some fun dialogue like when he said that he had a home for life at the home for the chronically groovy <laughs> and things like that it was just i don't know it just felt very felt very floyd didn't it <laughs> it's like he feels like a character who's there and set and He's not going to change a lot and we've got him. I guess the same as Animal has been from literally from episode one as well. They're, you know, they are the electric mayhem. Yeah. So once Floyd and uh, and co <laughs> get persuaded to stay for Kay's first number, we do go straight into Kay's first number called... Oh, babe, what would you say? By whom? <laughs> uh, Norman Smith and apparently Liza Minnelli did a version of it. Well, what hasn't Liza Minnelli done a version of? True. Tune into Sex in the City 2 and you can watch her sing <laughs> half her way through single ladies put a ring on it. So, Yikes. <laughs> I tell you what, I actually watched Sex in the City 2 like a couple of nights ago just because it was 10pm. Peter was away from the weekend and I was a little bit hungover and just eating a shit ton of pasta. And I was just like... <laughs> I want to turn my brain off. And I just watched Cast Away for the first time earlier. And that was nice, but very emotional. <laughs> Wilson! Wilson! Awesome. Okay, I'm going off on a tangent. I had never seen it before. Loved it. Thought it was great. Is it strange to find the four years later on the island Tom Hanks attractive? Okay, I am glad that's where that sentence finished because I was slightly worried <laughs> you were going to say you found Wilson attractive, which was going to... That's a ball, Jade, for God's sake! <laughs> I don't know, Lewis. It's been a while since I saw it, but uh... I'm just look, <laughs> listeners. Go have a look. That that it's the it's the moment where it cuts to four years later. You see the fish swimming, and then a spear like 
jumps through it and it pans up and he's just standing there super cash on a rock like tanned buff just wearing like a loincloth and with like really long blonde hair and I was like okay (laughs) (laughs) if this is what Love Island is then maybe I should have tuned in I don't think that's what Love Island is. No, it's not. No, I do not think. <laughs> I would love if they just then locked those 12 beautiful idiots onto a real island and just made them survive. Like... They should give them a Wilsons and just see what happens. Just... <laughs> I think the more stupid men would just try to fuck them. Anyway, right, just... <laughs> Right, sorry, Kay Ballard's first number. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Before we go too far off track again, I just want to drop in that I also saw that Thog had previously also performed this with Julie Andrews when the Muppets did a special with Julie Andrews. So another link between Kay Ballard and Julie Andrews there, which is quite interesting. I I don't know. One, One of you talked to me about this because I found this... Again, I struggled to get into it. I liked where it went in the end, but I didn't... I was just confused yeah. at the start. It was it was really odd. I wrote tap, tool, fog, <laughs> duet, and then I was like, soft shoe, shuffle, pink dress. Where did Very that good. come from? really weird. I thought there were some really cute bits when they were in sync and they were dancing and like yes, when I like those. Um, Fog's ears moved that was super cute but it was really odd like I don't even know where it came from or what it came from or what Kay was wearing that she was, was wearing Villanelle's dress from Killing Eve <laughs> yeah you're right she that was. big pink frou-frou number did either of you think it wasn't done up at the back because I think those ribbons were meant to be tied across the back of it and were not. I don't think I really noticed that. I assumed I... Even with your new glasses, Lewis? Well, I was writing notes a lot, so maybe I just missed whenever <laughs> oh, she see. turned. But, um, <laughs> and I could see my notes. Um, I Was it meant to be deliberately an unflattering dress? I have no idea. I think horrendous. it must have been. No, I, th- I, I, I like to believe it must have been deliberately unflattering because it was a shocker. Do you know what I mean? Like... It would be hard to make that dress work. <laughs> Do you know? What I mean? Yeah, I mean, the only good thing about her outfit was the pink cowboy boots that she was rocking. Done, but they were good. Yeah. But no, the dress was was shocking. Maybe I'm just full of joie de vivre, newfound 2020 vision. But I didn't mind this. I just thought it was very impressive to watch the Thog Muppet 
dance very well and have control over both their arms and also to still have the eyes going. And I kept wondering, how how can they see it? I was trying to work out where the eye hole almost must be in the Thog Muppet. Lewis, you didn't say the catchphrase. How did they do that? <laughs> I don't think we've actually officially... <laughs> Well, no, because we haven't had that many opportunities. Ah, to <laughs> really laid the, yeah, for it to be a catchphrase, Jade, we do have to actually have an opportunity to <laughs> God, just foist one on, on people. Yeah, no, it's interesting you should say that because I was looking at that as well. And I think under the mouth, the material seemed to me slightly yeah. thinner. So I wonder if that's where the person's head is and then on their shoulders... Is another little person. Possibly is some sort of... Con- oh, okay. No, a contraption to move the ears and a the contraption. eyes. A contraption. Somehow, a but contraption, I don't know It's not fucking Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> like, it's not like... <laughs> you can't just say a, a yeah. fantabulous contraption. It's just making the eyes move. Like the wrong trousers. <laughs> <laughs> some sort of contraption. How does that toaster work? It's some kind of contraption. <laughs> just... <laughs> it's not the Victorian period, Emma. You can't just... <laughs> it's just mystical magic. Magic. <laughs> magic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's obviously some wires that someone's controlling somewhere to move the ears and the eyes and well quite yes. but yeah i don't know exactly also both of his arms mm. were moved. yes exactly that's why i was yeah so puzzled so yeah. to be honest for me i was just really impressed that not only were both the arms moving and the eyes but there was a, f- a full dance routine so i was just kind of quietly charmed by it no it wasn't particularly you know as stand out as other big numbers we've seen and it wasn't lavish and it wasn't you know as much as it was how do they do that? It wasn't like, wow, this is incredible. But I had no qualms with it. I want to touch Thog. <laughs> there we I go. Hug him. There's the catchphrase. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I want to touch it. I want to touch him. I mean, maybe that was just the point of it then, was to just show off Thog's amazing puppeteering. Because it, it, it was lovely. And I agree with you, especially when they were in sync. The movement of that puppet was genuinely very lovely. But I just found the staging and the framing and her performance as well. Like, I mean, obviously her her sort of tapping was meant to be bad, fine. And the dancing was... Have you ever tried to tap in cowboy boots? Not recently. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, listeners, I once broke my arm tap dancing. So there we go. That's a... <laughs> Is that how you broke your arm? No, the time that I like really broke it was on my bike. But I did, okay. I think I like chipped it or something tap dancing. Did some rival, like, <laughs> tap really hard into your elbow or something? No, I was doing... Okay, I can't remember the term, but it's the one... Imagine that my hands and my feet, obviously, where you sort of, yeah. like, jump backwards. Jade, this isn't a visual medium. This is more for you two than anything. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the one where you just sort of, like, kick back, but both both go up. like. You, but, yeah, at the same time, and you sort of do that a couple of times, and I obviously just completely went flying, I guess, on my right leg, because I landed on my right arm. Oh, dear. I don't know what it's called. I'm sorry. But anyway, yeah. I always wanted to tap. I, it's, it is good fun when you manage to stay on your feet and don't break your arm. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the lesson, kids. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, back to back to Kay and Thog. Um, I suppose what Emma said at the start of this conversation, like, I guess I don't really know what it was that they were trying to achieve with this. <laughs> like, but like, do you know? I, I mean, what's the Muppet Show ever trying to achieve? But, but no, well, I, like... 
to make you laugh or to make you go, oh, that puppeteering's amazing or to show off the star. I mean, I didn't think Kay's singing was particularly great. No, that was a bit grating. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was unoffensive. I thought it was fine. Like, it didn't... it, it, It. I found nothing particularly wrong with it. I was honestly questioning if she was in tune at points, but... (laughs) I had that more in her second number. Yeah. Mm. But not so much in the first one. But it was definitely pre-recorded because there was a couple of times her lip sync was a little out. But Yeah. No, I just... And like I just said, maybe it was that they just wanted to show off Thog, but I I was a bit uninspired by it. Well, fair enough. Just for the listeners at home, we are currently up to 36 likes on the uh, Twitter glasses picture. <laughs> I feel like, uh, you know, when you look at it on Children in Need, where they uh, check the totalizer every so often. It's just like that, yes, isn't it? Yes, it's just like the charity <laughs> Children in Need, Lewis. But the only child being helped is me. <laughs> just your ego getting a little stroke. <laughs> Still got it. <laughs> So we um, have a little bit of Muppet Newsman and uh, another Muppets News Flash moment with uh, Kay playing Gretchen Powers, great name, <laughs> who is completing the world's longest sentence. Bit of a random premise, but then again, most of the News Flash segments are a bit random. I didn't think there was, well, there didn't seem to be much of a gag with this one. It just seemed like Kay was kind of chatting along. There was no accent showcase this week, No, despite week, the fact that she was in Boston. So it was the perfect yeah, opportunity. Absolutely. There was no Boston. I was very confused about that. I was like, she's obviously moved to Boston. Fine. <laughs> but uh... Now, contrary to the last two sketches where I have been in support of Kay Ballard <laughs> and this episode, this was the precise moment where I started to lose faith. <laughs> This was the precise moment where I started going, oh, oh no, this is, this is not, oh. (laughs) Just, yeah, a bit lame. I liked the premise of her doing the world's longest sentence, but then she was just talking utter nonsense. Yeah. And obviously it was never going to work with the newsman because obviously she was always going to keep talking and he wasn't going to be able to ask her anything and actually have a conversation so i think there was sort of built-in issues to the the premise of no, yeah no you're right you're right because there was never going to be any interaction between them and then yeah finishing finishing on the pretty misogynistic joke if i'm perfectly honest of her husband said it makes as much sense as anything she said it's like okay great. But he also got his comeuppance because you're now in some sort of institution so meh <laughs> Well, she's going to get a Guinness World Record. (laughs) Who wins in the end there? (laughs) Not us. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, certainly on the lower end of uh, newsflash segments that we've had. Yeah, we didn't even get an accent, for God's sake. I mean... At the very least, if you're going to set it in Boston. You've got to back that up. Go on, Emma, give us a bit of your Boston accent, Emma. Oh, no. Boston? <laughs> okay, all right, not bad. Pretty good. Jade? Oh, wicked smart. <laughs> <laughs> very good. 
And you just want to do your JFK. I was going to say, go on then. No, I wasn't going to do JFK this time. I was going to do either Little Edie or, uh, you know, this seems like the best costume for today, you understand. But you can always take off the skirt and wear it as a cape. Mother wanted me to come out in a kimono, so we had quite a fight. (laughs) Useless. A useless skill to have. Why do I need to be able to do Little Edie? (laughs) Everybody needs to be able to do Little Edie, Lewis. It's fine. I know. It is, I suppose. Whack it on the CV. Uh... (laughs) I think we have exactly two ballroom sketches left, and this is one of them, it's which the means that we only yes. one, one left. <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> Again to the end. Whoop, whoop. It was quite nice to see Kermit and Piggy there. Dancing. That was quite nice. Saw Pig Latin come in the second <laughs> we, we kicked off there. I was like, Pig Latin. It's going to be Pig Latin. Pig Latin. Pig Latin. Pig Latin. Pig Latin. There we are. Very good. <laughs> I mean, the jokes were as effectively <laughs> lame as ever. Yeah. And even Shrieky Lady just got a... I'm not listening to you this week. Like oh. I enjoyed George's weird bobbing yeah. dance, like frantic bobbing to open. <laughs> he was going mental. I don't know, but it made me chuckle. <laughs> I did laugh. <laughs> what made me laugh, honestly, more than any of the actual gags in this, was that when it came on this evening, Rich was in the kitchen, and I heard him in the kitchen start singing along to the ballroom music. (laughs) 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 Exactly. And that made me laugh. What was he making for dinner? That'll be more interesting than this. Oh, we had salmon for dinner. (laughs) Ooh! (laughs) Get you! (laughs) (laughs) On croute? No, on a plate. Can tell you've had a glass of wine, Lewis. Thank you. You're lucky that we're mid-record, so I can't get another one. <laughs> this is the first episode I've actually had a glass of wine during an episode, during. rather than several the night before, before. an episode <laughs> record. <laughs> You're just letting everybody see all aspects of the process, you know. <laughs> For the listeners at home, Lewis is now shimmying. <laughs> Just a little quiet, dignified shimmy. And it's dignified because I'm wearing glasses now. <laughs> oh, this shimmying would be far more interesting than what I think might be nearing the bottom of the very barrel of my least favourite UK spots ever. It's the worst. Christ. Oh, God. Christ. This was crap. <laughs> How? Why? Why is The Muppet Show trying to depress us? I don't understand. You know, I don't understand what what's it life gets tedious don't it and can i just yep. say that tedious is spelled t-e-e-j-u-s oh fuck off sorry to just like <laughs> <laughs> this annoyed me so what is jim henson's obsession with the old west and like the midwest or what i don't even know like this western just a like what is what is it like because for every charming banjo that i'm totally happy with we have these freak hick muppets who just turn up and honestly as that old stupid muppet was talking the only thing i could think was am i about to be told the safety instructions for big thunder mountain (laughs) Like, oh, well, you better keep your arms and legs inside the minecart. I wish it was that exciting. All I could think was whoever decided that this was going in was having a bad week because this is miserable and horrible and, oh, just 
just awful. And there wasn't even anything exciting to look at. Even when it all collapsed and stuff started going wrong, it was still boring and miserable. The one thing I did <laughs> notice on the second watch was that there were some weird sound effects which completely didn't go with it. You know, the clock hands went round and then they fell mm. off. There was like a weird boing kind of noise when that happened. Well, that's when they fought. They, they, like, because it would be like a spring inside a clock. Yeah, but it oh, was yeah, 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 yeah. It was far too loud. And also it didn't go with the whole <laughs> like sense of the poem or whatever. I didn't, it was that a poem or a song? I'm not even sure. Neither, it was hell. <laughs> Just Who hell. knows what that was? <laughs> <laughs> and then the, when the crashing came down, there was like a really cartoony crashing noise. Mm. And again, I just felt like it was so out of place with the sheer misery of what was in front of us. I'm sorry. I really hated this. It was horrible. I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> the little rat mouse was cute. The rat mouse was cute. And the, the dog, I think he was fine. called Rover Joe. He was quite cute. Or Hound Joe or something. But apart from that, no, it was... It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, the mouse was fine. But... I hope we get less Hick Muppets going into season two. Me too. I don't need this. I hope they find their way back to the farm and leave London. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on to slightly more entertaining passages with the chat segment. It's very odd that animals suddenly can't speak. Yeah, really, really strange. I, I understood... The necessity. Yeah, I got why they were doing it. I got that, like, she was uh, translating him. Mm. But Animal knows English, so I don't quite get it. Although, continuity-wise, it didn't make any sense, I would not want to give up hearing Animal go, Deep-seated! <laughs> and demeaning with his big eyes. That made me cackle and almost justified the entire sketch for me i didn't mind this of all of the things especially of everything that had come so far i felt like i was back watching the muppet mm. show mm. and i liked that it tied in the backstage runner i liked that you know like you were saying earlier lewis like it wasn't just pun filled or that it wasn't like that weird kind of thing when kermit sort of semi interviews them but then actually it ends up being something like Ben Vereen hanging from the ceiling or whatever. Like it was just, it was all part and parcel of the backstage runner, mm. which was fine. I like, that was okay with me. But this scene could have also just as easily taken place backstage. Yeah. Yeah. In the dressing room or something. That's what I thought. Like it didn't actually make yeah. any sense for it to be a chat segment. No, it didn't. I wonder if they decided to make it a chat segment so that they could have the animal and Kermit fight at <sighs> the end and use the seating yeah. You know, the back of the seating, yeah. because obviously you wouldn't have that in a dressing room, would you? The image of Kermit squished into his own little <laughs> belly with his <laughs> limbs wrapped round him was hilarious. It was <laughs> so, so funny. funny. Emma, what did you think of this segment? Yeah, I think, again, like you were saying, it wasn't a very sort of standout talk spot compared to some of the ones that we've seen, but also equally, it was better than, like you said, Ben Vereen and also even Joel Grey, to be honest, because that was that was pretty dry. It was quite fun to see sort of Animal and Kermit um, having their little fight, and like you say, seeing squished Kermit at the end was quite funny. Yeah, I mean, it, it was okay. I don't think it particularly gave us anything of Kay's character, to be honest. No. Not at all. I don't feel like I learned anything about her, which was a shame because obviously going into it, I didn't really 
know who she was at all. And I don't think even with her sort of number with Fog, we get a sense of who she is. So, you know, it was a shame that was missing. It was okay in terms of talk spots, to be honest. Yeah, I I think it was it was sort of perfectly adequate, yeah. but no more, no less. Mm. I think they obviously, what they wanted to get to was that fight between Kermit and Animal. Yeah. And therefore, in a way, Kay was just a bit of a sort of <laughs> means to an end, I guess, in a sense, rather than it necessarily being her moment to shine. We didn't, we didn't get any of that from her, did we really? It was really all just about the backstage business and then them having this fight. The only thing that I could notice about shining about her was her incredibly white teeth. teeth. Yeah, her teeth. I wrote that down too. They were, for 1977, they were... She'd paid a lot of money for them. Yeah, they were incredible. Yeah, that was the first thing I wrote down. Incredibly white. The talk spot was, K Ballard's teeth! (laughs) 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 Yeah, they were, they were crazy. Good for, well done. Good good for her. Good for her. You know. Good for her. That's Cinderella money, just... <laughs> Kitching. <laughs> or 32. Because <laughs> 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 there are 32 teeth in a mouth. We, we got that, Yeah. Well, some people might not. I only know that because of a terrible fringe play I saw once. <laughs> wow. The worst hour of my life. Oh, don't. It was about three teenagers who just, who were trying to capture the tooth fairy. What? The Tooth Fairy had a monologue. It was unreal. I wanted to leave. My friend refused to let us leave because to leave the space that they were in, we would have to walk past them backstage. And I was like, I don't care. They should know that this is bad. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Was it worse than the Twiggy episode? It was on par par. with the Twiggy episode. Okay. but, But also in a way worse because obviously when something's so bad on stage, you want to laugh, but you're in a very poorly attended room just heaving just like (laughs) 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 just trying to like disguise whatever you can or like pinching your legs like I think I actually had like bruises on my legs from how I had just been like scrunching into my skin to try and stop myself and be like anyway 32 teeth in a mouth (laughs) from a sparkling pair of chompers on (laughs) Kay Ballard to a... Uh, is that her name? Yes. <laughs> yeah, good. I suddenly wanted to work. <laughs> right. Oh, keep it in. <laughs> to a shiny pair of scissors in the haircut sketch. There you go. It's all right. <laughs> Do you like chatting to your hairdressers when you go to the hairdressers? Jade, Emma? Well, mine's my mum. <laughs> <so laughs> of course. Which if I didn't talk to her. <laughs> Sorry, I, I prefer to... <laughs> Sorry, like, I prefer Mother, not to talk. I need to sit here in silence. <laughs> Just quietly read a magazine. Just... No, thank you. I, I think I have occasionally tried to like scroll on my phone and, you know, she just keeps talking. So then I just put that away. <laughs> Hi, mum. Love you. <laughs> Emma? Um, oh, God, I don't know. Sometimes I don't mind. And then sometimes I'm just like, just do the blow dry. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, do you put your big shades on and just sit there like, I'm done? <laughs> like Anna Wintour. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, what I was thinking. Getting your bob cut in. <laughs> getting my bob cut, yeah. How about you, Lewis? Do you like chatting? So, I like... I 
I go to a very like a quite masculine barbers now, which does a really great haircut. And the guys who work there are great, but it is all a bit like straight male heterosexual. I used to enjoy the chat more when I used to go to Splash Hair in London, which was like 12 quid for a haircut. And it's all just like Portuguese gay boys just like mm-hmm. cutting your hair. And they're just like, okay, we'll just go do your hair. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And like, more fun. <laughs> like, you just chat to them. That's nice. And the couple of times where I used to get my hair bleached at Tony and Guys, again, by exclusively gay men, was always great. Uh, but yeah, it's just when men are chatting to you about like, football or music and you're like so have you listened to Dua Lipa? (laughs) (laughs) They probably like Dua Lipa for other reasons so you probably could have a decent chat about Dua Lipa. I know but I don't want to talk about Dua Lipa's butt to them. I want to talk about (laughs) I want to talk about future nostalgia and whether they prefer the uh, the baby version of levitating or the Madonna and Missy Elliott version of levitating (laughs) and obviously there's only one answer (laughs) <laughs> Particularly given recent events with Da Baby, <laughs> Da Burnt, and Da Broke, <laughs> Da Fuck himself. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, I just because obviously this this sketch is so inconsequential. I just thought I might as well ask you guys. Aww, this that's question. fine. I'm very happy because I. This was so weird, and also the fact that it was Statler and Waldorf's little inserts in it, and yeah. we didn't have Fozzie. But we did have Statler and Waldorf commenting on this. I quite, I didn't mind that though. It was like almost oh. having Statler and Waldorf do Gogglebox. <laughs> You're right, it was a bit. <laughs> Which is also something that they definitely should do in some kind of sketch if the Muppets ever come over to the UK long term. They definitely should do Statler. They should do all of the Muppets doing Gogglebox. Yeah. In their various little. In the US, known as the short-lived show, The People's Couch, apparently. Did it get cancelled? Don't know why I know that. I think it just, I don't, I just don't think it appealed to Americans. Strange. (laughs) But yeah, this was just a bit of a nothing sketch. I mean, fun that we never got to actually see what was underneath all the green fuzz. They just got sneezed away. That was quite cute, but yeah, nothing to... uh... It just felt so strange to me that this was in there when... It wasn't a UK spot and I don't know, like maybe we could have got a glimpse of Kay's personality a bit more in the talk spot if they'd made that, if they'd made that 40 seconds longer or something. Because I mean, this was, this was pretty short and sharp and done, wasn't it? So Mm. yeah, it was odd. Really odd. And from one odd to the return of, of all things, vendor face. Terrifying. (laughs) I actually screamed (laughs) No, as it cut to vendor face. I could not believe we were going back to this. But at least, okay, the one thing I will say is at least it makes sense this time. Yes. It's not a psychiatrist or whatever it was before. Oh, how long did this go on for? So long. I felt like I'd been watching it for about half an hour. Like, (laughs) how is this still going? Oh. Yeah, it was quite interminable. And also, why didn't that second Muppet just pay another five cents and get their first face back? I have no idea. They're an idiot. <laughs> That's all I could think. I was like, well, just pay another five yep. cents. <laughs> it was so obvious that that was what was coming. And it took so long to get there that, I mean, obviously it was never going to make me laugh as a punchline anyway. But it actually made me... I think I was just getting more and more mad as it kept taking longer and longer mm. to put all of the various different features on that little whatnot. It was just like, 
just get on with it. This is so tedious and it's not fun and it's not, you're not giving us anything. Oh, I really, and again, that could have been another sketch with Kay or it could have been, it could have been Fozzie doing some stand up or I don't know, Rolf, Rolf wasn't really in this episode. Gonzo getting to do something. Yeah, God damn it. Give Gonzo wasn't even in this episode, was he? Just the opening. No. Just the opening titles at the very beginning. Yeah. So many other Muppets other than Vendor Face. I just... Ju- inexplicable to me to bring this back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I did read that basically they wanted to use it multiple times because it costs so much to make. I mean, Muppet. I get... Yeah, because obviously that... I assume this Vendor Face must have been the first sketch they wrote for it and then just... Mm. But... Oh. What a throwing good money after bad is what that yes. is. <laughs> yes. Totally. Emma, any thoughts on Denderfit? <laughs> yeah, no, just kind of what I was saying before. Terrifying and unnecessary. <laughs> and I don't know, like the second one when it was just like when the arms came out and it was putting all the like scary features onto that lady and oh it was just horrible it was like some weird dystopian future or something it's very unsettling there were also wigs involved which i yes i'm traumatized by the wigs (laughs) (laughs) emma's unfounded fear of wigs (laughs) i think it's just emma doesn't like to be warm or scratchy i think it's actually (laughs) pretty much nothing to do with wigs (laughs) it's just fair enough See, Emma would never go to that beach that makes you old because Emma doesn't like sand. That's why I look so young. (laughs) Emma would be at the hotel spa that keeps you the same. (sighs) Old. Okay. Anyway. I think that's enough about Venderface, to be honest with you. Ever, hopefully. I hope they don't turn up again next week. We get a final little backstage bit where they play Fugue for Frog, which is obviously a disaster and Kermit tells them so. But then, bizarrely, for Kay's final number... They're all back behind her again, as if nothing's happened. The runner doesn't get resolved in any way at all. It's very strange. And I also missed the one line, I think, conclusion that came in the goodbyes, because I was writing a note. I think they did address it somehow, or some... I they, at the, in the I goodbyes, they came on and said that they wanted to get Kay to sign a petition, oh. um, basically to remove the theme song. Oh, well, that doesn't make any damn sense. No, there was no... Not that there was a massive story here anyway, because there obviously wasn't a huge story, but there was no sense of resolution at all in... They were still pitching for for the theme to get changed, which is why... What that did make sense with was why Rolf was playing the theme song by himself. Yes, at the end. which was great. But it didn't make sense that they were back behind Kay for One Note Samba. I couldn't tell you, Jade. <laughs> <laughs> Neither. <laughs> but also, I didn't think that the uh, sort of the version that they came up with the froggy dirge was actually that bad it sounded no drastically different to me to any late night talk shows oh i think introduction music apart from slightly off key it was clashy wasn't it well a bit but not drastically so you could tie it i mean for a first go (laughs) i didn't mind it that much floyd's meant to be a genius lewis i mean you know you should be coming up with better than that straight men just overselling their abilities (laughs) once again Right, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> Don't go for second best, baby. Put your love to the death. God, Madonna would be terrible on The Muppet Show. <laughs> She'd be so bad. I love her so much, but she would be the worst fit ever. Sorry, just thinking about that for a second. 
I think anything where she has to not take herself seriously would be... Yeah, after like 1997, it all becomes a bit difficult. Yeah. 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 Anyway, <laughs> speaking of somebody not taking themselves particularly seriously, eh? Kay, in this second and final number called question mark? One note samba. Oh, oh okay, cool. This is just a little samba built upon a single note. All the notes are bound to follow. But the root is still that note Now the new one is the consequence As the one we've just been through As I'm bound to be the unavoidable Consequence of you There are so many people who can talk and talk and talk And just turn on You have used up all the scale you know When at the end you come to nothing Or nearly nothing So I come back to my first note as I must come back to you I will pour into that one note All the love I feel for you Anyone who wants the whole show Rainy Faso, Lucky Doe She will find herself with no show Better play the note you know She was playing all of these instruments herself, right? I'm fairly I... certain she was, because... It looked like the movement seemed pretty on track with what was happening. I think for some of them, maybe, but I don't yeah. think for all of them. Because I think no. I think there was somewhere what she was doing didn't match up with what was happening. Really? Because I actually thought she was doing every single one of these. Mm, maybe she was. I, Emma, what did you think? I did think a couple of them that she did. And then some of them, it didn't. It kind of, was it? Phyllis Diller, who did the similar sort of thing with yeah. the yes. instru- yeah, it had that vibe to it. But, but I better. think yes, much better. Oh yeah, I was going to say Kay definitely sold it a lot more than um, Phyllis did. And also, I did think it was quite funny that we saw Miss Piggy come in and start trying to compete with her with the instruments <laughs> and sort of that when she came with the triangle and the cowbell was really funny. Piggy gamely hitting that cowbell <laughs> to try and. <laughs> Was like me going to an audition where they say we want actor musicians. Is it like me? <laughs> they like I can keep time and play a cowbell. Just cast me because it was her level of concentration, looking at the cowbell and knocking it. I just it just really made me laugh. She was brilliant with all of them. She was really. Yeah, talking about someone taking it seriously, Piggy was taking it deadly seriously. She wanted her moment in the spotlight and she wanted to play those instruments and only the tuba could shut her up in the end. (laughs) There was no other option. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this. I thought it was lovely. Mm. I think Kay sold it a lot better than Phyllis Diller did with her last number. But also I think it just shows you what having the right Muppet in the sketch or song can do and having Piggy there was Mm. just perfect. It just played into her still developing character but we already know she wants the limelight. Mm. We hadn't really seen Piggy that much in the episode at all. She'd only had the one line with Fozzie at the start and then the pig Latin joke and that was it. But it didn't matter. We know she's there and she came on and she did it and it was just so much fun. It was such a high note to finish the episode on and It really did make me disappointed that actually a lot of the rest of the episode was was sort of middling or poor in comparison. Because to me, this is 
okay, maybe it's not like absolutely one of my favourite numbers from the entire series, but I did really, really genuinely enjoy it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it too. I liked it. It was super fun. Yeah, I mean, I, f- I thought in comparison to what we'd just mm. seen with Venderface and the monster getting a haircut, it was, <laughs> it picked up the episode definitely. Because I think if we'd been on the same tone as those last two sketches it would have been a pretty poor ending yeah. so yeah i thought she she really gave it her all and it was just nice to see her interaction with um with piggy and it definitely lightened the episode and it was just nice that it was just something a bit light and a bit fun which kind of contrasted the um terrifying vendor <laughs> face <laughs> it also just felt very thought through as well like from the set and the framing and the progression of instruments that they both had and, you know, the way that they were interacting with each other and sort of having this little tussle. It just worked. And I feel like, I suppose something I've just been dancing, not, I've said it in so many words, but a lot of this episode just didn't work for me for one reason or another, but this, Mm. this did. I thought the goodbyes were very cute. The goodbyes were nice. You had that little bit with Floyd with the petition and then... You had her saying that Miss Piggy was hoggy. And nice. obviously it's a pig reference. So we know who's going to turn up and karate chop someone. Yep. It was great. And they just continued to fight. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was good. And we've spoken about it a lot, but it was so cute. Rolf playing the theme song on his own. It was so adorable. Rolf saves the day. <laughs> it was very, very cute. I was, I, I really appreciated that touch actually. Him and Nigel. Yes, Nigel. Nigel. God love Nigel. <laughs> Perfect name for a composer. Conductor. A, uh, conductor. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Also love that Rolf is... Nigel. Presumably neither in any musician's union or feels like he's part of the band. He's just Rolf. He just oh. does his thing. Well, maybe all the other musicians are actually humans and Rolf is actually just a dog. This is true. He may be exempt. <laughs> He may not be under union rules. Think about how many animals died up until like even like the 90s in movies. (laughs) All those poor chimps. What about animal though? What's animal? (laughs) (laughs) No union would take him. I'm surprised anybody would insure him, to be honest. They probably don't. It's all very very off books. (laughs) Oh, I love uh, it. I'm going to be very interested to see how each of us are going to rate this episode. But before we get there, it's time for us to decide upon our most valued Muppet performer, otherwise known as our MVMP. Emma, who was your most valued Muppet performer this week? My most valued Muppet performer this week is Rolf, because he (laughs) saved the show. (laughs) What? What? Oh, we should have known from you. Do we need to? I feel like we could just leave it there with Emma, no? Like, I think we can. <laughs> Emma likes Rolf. Great. Profound Emma work, Rolf. Emma. Provocative podcasting, <laughs> Emma. Just bold, interesting choices. Jade! <laughs> well, I struggled because I didn't really think that there was a particularly standout Muppet this week. It's going to be Rolf, Jade. It's, it's not. I feel like I've gone with someone who I'm going to be saying a lot next season, but I've gone with Piggy. Yeah. Um,. I mean, we've basically just talked about it, but she saved the ballroom with the pig Latin. Actually, we didn't talk about it. 
what I actually felt like she saved the ballroom with was when she was cackling with laughter at her own joke <laughs> and jumping around and like launching herself backwards and forwards. That was hilarious. That genuinely made me laugh. Must be the first time I've laughed at the ballroom in a while. I can't relate to that. Can't relate to laughing at my own jokes. <laughs> me either. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, One Note Samba was absolutely the highlight of the episode for me. And that was their interplay but piggy in particular was was great in that yeah. so yeah i i've got to i've got to give it to the pig this week give it to the pig give it to the pig <laughs> lewis who's your mvmp purely for the fact that it made me laugh the most this episode i have to give it to animal purely for saying deep seated <laughs> and demeaning there's nothing funny ever when and when animal just gets his eyes really wide and just repeats something back i i'm a simple man of simple pleasures and that it really tickled me <laughs> it was really good to be fair that yeah. like again especially because he'd been talking utter nonsense and then he suddenly came out with yeah. <laughs> imagine if i had just said vendor face right now <laughs> imagine <laughs> can you imagine a world <laughs> Well, that's a fucking contraption, Emma. Vendor face. That's a contraption. That is. That's a scary contraption. Scary contraption. Other than the fact that in reality, all vendor faces is someone behind that thing with their arms through it and a drawer at the front that that person's rummaging. A drawer. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's so terrifying. I wasn't assuming it was an actual machine, Jade. I had managed to. I'm just laughing at the fact that. You know, in reality, what it actually is—just <laughs> somebody rummaging through a drawer with their face pressed up against a, a background of a wall. Yeah, uh, art. <laughs> All right, let's get on to our rankings for this week. Jade, what are you going to give this episode out of ten this week? Oh, you're making me go first. I am. Okay. Oh, well, at least I can get my my thing in then. Um, so I'm going to give this episode. Five out of ten homes for the chronically groovy. Because <laughs> there was plenty in this episode I did not particularly like. We've just spoken about it for an hour. There were moments that I did really enjoy, like One Note Samba. I did enjoy the talk spot. Um, I thought the runner was was perfectly fine. And yeah, I just think it was it was very middling. Mm. I think they found they found a bit of a groove with the show. But it also still feels very kind of season one to me and mm. that they're relying on these little skits and sketches that have no real bearing on everything else. And there's also just a bit of a lack of finesse to some of it as well. Mm. Mm. I Yeah, also, I just I guess I was just sort of disappointed in not disappointed in Kay, but I just sort of thought we'd see a bit more of her or a bit more personality or a bit more just of that sense of who the guest is this week. And I don't really feel like we got that at all other than in the One Note Samba song with Piggy. So, yeah, straight down the middle for me this week. Five out of ten homes for the chronically groovy. Um, Emma, what are you going to rate the episode? Well, I'm probably going to do the same as you, Jade. So I ranked this episode five out of ten pink cowboy boots. (laughs) the same sort of reasons as you Jade it was quite a middling episode I thought there were some good bits Fog and Kay's number One Note Samba Um, you know the talk spot wasn't bad 
but then the UK spot, vendor face, uh, a monster gets a haircut, they weren't great. And it, I think it was just a shame because especially as we're coming to the end of the season and like you said, we've seen real growth in some of the episodes and then this one, it felt like it had a bit of a step back. And also just like you said, in terms of getting to know Kay, I came out of the episode and I thought, I haven't learned anything about her. I don't really know, you know what I mean? I didn't get any sort of vibe from her, which I think was a shame. So yeah, so I think for this one, I'm going to give it 5 out of 10 pink cowboy boots. How about you, Lou? It's uh, it's fives across the board. It is uh, five <laughs> Floyd Pepper ankle drags out of 10. <laughs> I think the problem we have with this episode is one, not really feeling like we get a good idea of the star's persona. And secondly, that although a lot of what is in this episode is perfectly serviceable and fairly entertaining to a point, there is no one moment in this that feels innovative or anarchic or has that little something extra that makes the Muppet Show stand out or has that thing that when it's really firing all cylinders makes the Muppet Show sing. This was just a perfectly serviceable variety show of 25 minutes and that's not what the Muppet Show is the Muppet Show is so much more interesting and special than that and it usually gives us a unique insight into the guest because we see them in scenarios that we may never usually see them in and we didn't get that we just had this could have been anything and it just that's and that's why it's going to leave very little impression I'm Probably, I mean, I'd already forgotten what Kay Ballard's name was during this episode. So (laughs) I think that says it all, really. So by no means the worst, but far lower than the greatness we have seen, even in this first slightly rocky season of The Muppet Show. Godspeed, whatever the hell they're going to give us next week. (laughs) And I think the other problem with this for me is that when it was bad, it was really bad, like the UK spot. That was horrendous. You know, it wasn't... It was mainly middling. And like you said, it didn't ever reach the highs. But when it reached the lows, it really reached the lows. So, yeah. Well, hopefully, Jade, with a little bit of Muppet philosophy, you can drag us out of this middling to low state and into a more positive, aspirational, glasses-wearing mindset. Current tally, 40 likes on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) I might send to you a final tally for this post because I think you're editing this one and I'm going to drop it in here. Hello, it's Lewis from the future. Final tally for my picture of my glasses on Twitter. 81 likes and 155 likes on Instagram. Take that, Jade. Ha ha. Yay me. Or God, you really should have made a point out of that because that's really lame now. Carry on. (laughs) I'll crack up if it's like 42. I know, it's going to be so shit now. But I might just drop in how many likes it gets on Instagram as well, just to try and save face. But then, Jade, you'll just cut it out. <laughs> so 40, it's 42 likes on Twitter. And for that... You will never know. I will... I'll post it when I tweet about it. <laughs> I've got access to the Muppet Station on Twitter feed. So, for the Muppet Philosophy this week... I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm actually going to read part of a speech about Jim that was delivered at his 
memorial service in London. So not the not the big one in New York, but a second oh. one that was held in London. Jesus, do they not cover everything already? Apparently not. So this one didn't have any songs in it then. Uh, it does say a similar memorial service, so I'm not sure. Emma, I didn't realise they were taking the memorial on the road. <laughs> There's a tour bus. <laughs> Emma, that's not a tour bus, that's a hearse. <laughs> Our deep respects to the Henson family. <laughs> I would like to reiterate again that we that we all love Jim Henson and his family. We are just making a joke about an, <laughs> an incredibly long funeral, <laughs> which is hilarious. So this is taken from Jim Henson, the biography by Brian J. Jones. And this quote is from one of the Fraggle Rock writers, Jocelyn Stevenson. And she said, When Jim left the planet so suddenly... All of us who loved him, worked with him, were inspired by him, gathered in New York City. We were like dandelion seeds, clinging to the stem and to each other. And on May 16th, the day Jim died, the wind began to blow. There's no stem anymore. We're all floating on the breeze. And it's scary and exhilarating, and there's nothing we can do about it. But gradually, we'll all drift to the ground and plant ourselves. And no matter what we grow into, it'll be influenced by Jim. We're Jim's seeds. And it's not only those of us who knew him. Everyone who was touched by his work is a Jim seed. Oh, That's very it's nice. It's really lovely, isn't it? Sad, but it's very nice. Ultimately uplifting. Which is what we hope that the experience of listening to Muppet Sational is... <laughs> no, actually, no, just uplifting, <laughs> not sad. <laughs> they might be sad after they hear the oh, Twitter geez. finale of uh, how many likes your picture gets. Ah! Uh- <laughs> <laughs> scraping the barrel for content <laughs> just it <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Muppet Sational if you've enjoyed the episode don't forget to subscribe rate and review as it really helps spread the word about the podcast you can follow us on social media we are at Muppet Sational on Instagram Twitter TikTok and Facebook you can contact us at hiho at muppetspodcast.com have we ever checked that email address Yes, I get the emails. Oh, good. Okay. I just wondered if anybody... <laughs> We're lucky to have you. And you can find out more about us and the podcast, or probably Jade, because she'd be the only one to actually reply or respond, at <laughs> MuppetsPodcast.com. <laughs> oh, dear. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. I have been a newly bespectacled Lewis Chandler. I've been Jade Turner. Bye. And I've been Emma Chandler. We shall see you next week on... The final episode of the first season of The Muppet Show. And see you next week on Muppet Station. Bye. 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 (laughs) Because we'll probably do another one after that. We haven't just talked about it yet, but we probably will. You know. (laughs) And then we'll have a break. Because we need it. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) Our theme music is Peppy Pepe by Kevin MacLeod. And our artwork is designed by Charlotte Rudge, who you can follow at at charlie underscore r underscore rudge on instagram <laughs>